Hey, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Langley Flores, with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, myself, Dan Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, it's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is episode number 339. Thanks to everyone, as always, who tuned into last week's show. This week, pretty straightforward shows. We recap on the last seven days, catching up on anything you may have missed out on. Uh, and also, we're going to unfortunately cover yesterday's loss at home to Derby County. We've also got very special guest Matt Harold waiting for us on the phone to speak to us. So I guess let's just crack on. And without further ado, word from our sponsor. Yep. So our podcast sponsors are Carol Langley Florist now, Chinkford-based florist, been around the borough at Waltham Forest now for over the last seventy years. And as hopefully you know, they got a fantastic team of florists who can do anything for you. Christmas. Weddings, family funerals, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, birthdays, anniversaries, they are here to serve your flowering needs. And the best part is they offer all O's fans and staff 15% off. So if you need any flowers, you can get in touch with the shop. Give them a call on 0208 529 4130. You can go to their website. If you're not going to give them a bell, you can, they can be found at www.carolangley.co.uk. Or you can find the team on social media. You can find them on Instagram at Carolangley Florists. On Twitter at Carol Langley E4, or you can find them on Facebook at Carol Langley Florists. So, without further ado, we are delighted to be welcoming him back onto this very podcast. It's been a little bit of a while, but always a pleasure to have Matt Harold on with us. Matt, thanks very much for joining us this evening. I guess we'll start at the beginning, really. Your thoughts on on yesterday's game? Uh, all right, lads. Um... So yesterday, very very frustrating, left the ground very frustrated. Um, I've actually watched the game back today and I think we were really good in the first half. I think in the first 10 minutes, we've had two really good chances. The one um, for Theo and uh, that, that Pigs pulled back and one just before that. Um, and then the game's pretty even, you know. Uh, I said it in my post-match interview. I didn't think there was anything in the game in the first half. If anything, I thought we, we probably edged it. Um, but... I was right behind their strike and it's a good strike and it, and it goes right in the side netting and it's a psychological blow and then obviously Brandon gets sent off and yeah, so from from what I would say is a good performance in the first half, you go in and it's flat and you're disappointed and then obviously you're up against um, probably the biggest club in the league, well, the biggest club in the league with good players, with 10 men and it makes it hard and what, what do you think? We said at halftime, stay in the game, stay in the game, organise, shift, slide, no spaces, and straight after halftime, a second one goes in. So, yeah, I mean, it was really frustrating. And then, obviously, the third one's not good enough. Um, it's a poor decision. It's a bit off the cuff, that. So, um, not happy about that. Omar's goal is just offside. Um, so... Look, I said it yesterday, it, the moments and the minute are going against us. I'm not shying away from anything. We definitely need to be uh, a little bit better in both boxes, especially um, taking our chances. And I think when we have really good spells in games, like I'm just looking at the fixtures and just even the Wigan first half, I thought we should have been two or three up in that first half. I know they missed a penalty, so maybe a goal up um, and scored more goals. But there's been moments in games we probably haven't capitalised on. And, and I would say... Derby was another one of them. So, not glossing over it, but I don't think it's as bad as maybe the scoreline. Or, I mean, the, the scoreline is understandable when you're up against that kind of opposition and you're down to 10 men. Um, and we're probably a bit low on confidence in a minute. So, 
that's my take on it. Uh, honest as always. So you mentioned that, and, and fair play for being honest, and fair play for coming on the podcast after after the weekend's defeat. I mean, you could have easily said that I'm not doing this, but you mentioned low confidence. So how do you get the confidence back up? This is actually one of the listener questions, so I'll ask this now. How do you build yeah. the confidence and get confidence back in place? Because obviously you've got a massive match coming up on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, good question. It isn't it isn't easy because it's not just a switch, is it? It's not, I think it's not one of them things that just comes back. So you, I think what you always do is you always kind of reflect on how you got confidence back as a player and what I used to do is is work hard first of all so you go in you train really hard you'd be a good teammate you'd have a good attitude you'd have good body language so that that's kind of your first thing you've got to do and then you've then then we've got to reinforce things to the players keep working on the things that we need to keep uh need to work on the things we need to improve on show them things we can do better which we do all the time with with videos and analysis and then uh, out on the out on the grass and then ultimately it's, it's down to kind of you've got to sometimes go through a bit of pain in games and, and, and a bit of um suffering in within the games and, and work through it and get through it and, and then you just hope you get that lucky break so that is my formula or our formula to get out of um a, a bit of, a bit of a, a confidence issue i'd say um but Look, I, w- I would say I totally understand on, on the back of last week. I think last week was really, really disappointing. Um, watching that game back wasn't good enough, you know. But I'm just going through the fixtures. I've got them on my laptop here. And I had a chat with a couple of fans on the way to Burton, actually, because um, I parked one of the lads' cars near the ground. And, and it was just pure positivity. It was like, oh, we love him watching you. And we, we've got so much belief in everything you're doing and the, and the team and they could associate with the players. So that was the 28th of October. Bit of a bit of a boring game, I'd say, but we, we maybe could have won that. But And then we beat Carlisle in the Cup. And then uh, we've gone out in the Football League trophy, which I don't think helped us, to be honest. Lost narrowly to Oxford, who are a good team. Three poor goals. Paul Val was called off and then Lincoln and, and Lincoln I do think that that, that was um, that was a real tricky one so I don't think we did perform and, and, and whatever you say this isn't excuses it, it, it was a quite a flat surreal night but we didn't give anyone anything to shout about it, was, it, it wasn't great that night and then we played well against Wigan played well against Bristol albeit I know we've got to be better we conceded a bad goal we've got to be better when we've got the ball Um and then two disappointing results. So look, I don't think it's, I don't think it's quite as bad. It's never as good and never as bad as everyone thinks. But I, I understand a three-nil result on the back of last week isn't good, um, and we've we're we're aware of that. We're fully aware of it. The players are, and, and we're, we're sticking together. And, and we've got a hell of a lot of belief. Things will turn. I think we saw some uh, unsavoury scenes from some fans that are starting to to have their patience tested. I think a lot of it is. You know, appreciate you going through the fixtures as well. You know, the last win that we had was was mid October. So by the time we play Cheltenham next week, it'd be two whole months that that we've not seen a win in the league. The yeah, Cup. no, I get that. Yeah, yeah, um, no, no, I, t- I totally get it. I, I, I really do. And we and look, um, since I've been here, we've had these spells around this time, haven't we? Mm. Um, and and. Uh, it's not nice. I, I've been here and I've been through the good times, and, I, and we've had we've had some pretty crap times as well within it. You know what I would say is we as a 
as a club and as a group of players and as a in my opinion as a staff and as a as a whole we're in a we're in a different place we're in a lot better place it can it I've, I've got full faith in this coming back especially with, with this manager and this group of players so um, I totally understand the frustration look look um, a guy came down and, and voiced his opinion but I, I'm sorry we're, we're playing with 10 men against Derby and it it wasn't awful in my opinion so um I, I gave an opinion back, um, and, and that's, that's just football, isn't it? I, I think I think we've got to stay focused within the game. I've got to do that. The manager's got to do. But he, he wanted to chat with the manager during the game, so um, sometimes it's our job to, to, to just keep Richie away from it and uh, and and focus on the game. We've been unlucky with injuries. I mean, suspensions is just a different kettle of fish, but we seem to be really unfortunate with our injuries. Is there something? I guess without waffling on about this question and, and going around the houses with it, like, what do you think has has been our problem as, that, that's caused these these injuries? We've had intermittent issues. We've had players out long term. Obviously, Jordan Graham's a bit of a freak situation. Dan Aggie might yeah. be a bit of a freak situation. But by and large, we seem to be losing players for X amount of weeks that, that, that seems to then disrupt the flow. And Richie said pre-Derby that he doesn't know what his best team is because he could never put it out because he's always got someone out injured. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's absolutely valid. I, I do think. Look, I've just watched um, Newcastle play. They're down to bare bones. Tottenham have, have got issues. I do think a lot of clubs have got this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm not, I'm not going to make any excuses. I, th- I think we've got to deal with it. I don't. I don't think we've fully seen our best team consistently. I mean. Um, Dan's been out a long time. He's he's a hell of an impact player. He's got goals in him, you know. Uh, Max Arnold's. We've seen glimpses of of real brilliance, um, and and he'll be a good signing for the football club. Like he's young, um, so we we have had injuries, but I'm not going to use that as um, as anything. I still think we've we've been in most of the games. I mean. I mean, how many real poor performances have we had? I mean, even I go back to Pompey. And we lost that game four 0 but we, we had chances in that game. But we've we've just and I'll bought, and people are probably going to get bored of me and and so. But we've got to be better in the moments in games in both boxes. That that is what ultimately you get punished as you go up in in leagues. And we've got to be better at it. Um, so that's where I I would put it down. So injury, injuries happen. I think Dan's coming back. Um, Jordan Jordan Graham is a huge huge loss for us. I mean, he was playing catch up, but. I fully believe he was up there in the in the few best players in the in the league, and you know what is it, a big thing is was his experience and his know how, um, and in games I think we've missed that and we've missed that calmness, and the other players look towards him. He's a, he's a great lad. He speaks really well. He's a, he's a good leader. So um, I think that's been a big blow for us. But look, <laughs> we've got to get on with it. People don't care. Like when. When people come and pay and watch, they they don't care about these excuses. We we I'm fully aware. We just we need to do better and we need to get more results. I don't think performance level has been too bad, but it is going to be the moments that that define games. I guess you know for all the doom and gloom sayers, we're we're sixteenth in League One, so it's not like we're. Oh, we I don't look at the table in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think it was really optimistic. Uh, you go back to I think the first Lincoln game, which which sadly obviously um, was chalked off, is. Oh, it, it was. It felt so positive. So it's it's not great that we're here now, and there is a bit of doom and gloom. Let's be honest. So I know what you're saying. 
do, do you think, right, that's had a psych, that fixture's had a psychological effect on the team? Because a lot of people are attributing Daryl McMahon, which we'll come on to shortly, with the kind of downfall form of the team. But it happened kind of at around a similar time to the Lincoln game. Do you think that might have had a psychological effect on the boys at all? Um, I've got to be really careful, haven't I, about making excuses here because I'm, I'm really, I don't like excuses and stuff. But it, it, I think it was, a, it was just a strange time, and I think it, it can have an impact. Look, is it impacting us yesterday and what we're doing, the decisions we make? No, of course it's not. But it, it wasn't a great night, was it? It, it, it felt quite um, surreal. We we felt close to victory, and that was taken away from us. And and it. it don't get me wrong, football wasn't important on that night. Um, but, you know, the, the game in uh, a few weeks later against them really, I mean, that did feel surreal and that did feel strange and that felt really flat. Mm-hmm. And um, although I think we played really well against Wigan since then, um, it, it did it did feel flat and it and it, it wasn't it wasn't a nice evening. Didn't enjoy it too much. Um, I know we lost, so I don't enjoy it ever when we lose. But yeah, it, it wasn't great. So. Look, it's an excuse, but but maybe. I mean, it, it wasn't a great evening. I'm sure you you guys would, have, would say the same, you know. Mm. Um, so as as Steve mentioned just a second ago, we are first season back in League One. We're sixteenth in the league at the moment, having now played twenty games. We've only won five of them, so we're we're winning one in four. But also, you know, we've only lost. I say we've only we've we've lost eight. Um, yeah. So un- undefeated in twelve of those those twenty, so more, more than half. Would you? I mean, I don't know where you, perhaps in your prediction as to perhaps where we might end up this season. Are you feeling that this is probably roughly where you thought we might be at this point, at nearly halfway mark of the season? No, I actually thought um, we'd we'd be a little higher. Um, just just with how I've seen a li- just with I think how we've played. Um, and I'm not. I'm not just trying to be positive for the sake of being positive here. I, I don't think there's been much in any games. Like every game is really narrow. We obviously look at all the stats of kind of goal scoring opportunities, xG, um, entries into the box, entries into our own box, and you know that they're, they're mid to just higher than the mid table. So. Um, you can't just hide behind data, but I, I think we're probably a bit lower than we'd like to be. Um, and I do think we're a very capable squad. I think, actually, I think Jordan Graham and, and Dan coming back, but I think Jordan Graham's a blow. Um, but I think we're, I think we're going for a bit of a bad patch of form, which you know we've got to get out of. And the last two games haven't helped with that because, let's be honest, the, the FA Cup one was really disappointing because I haven't really had a cup cup run since I've been here, and I think the fans really really were up for one this season so it's mm-hmm. really disappointing I don't, I don't think we turned up for that game so I think that's um, put put the, um, put the spotlight on us a little and then obviously we've come up against a good team and um, so I think that's maybe compounded a bit of negativity but mm-hmm. 16th 16th isn't it isn't disastrous is it I think we're, we're all looking at a hell of we were looking at um, probably a month ago at, at we were looking up and thinking, can we just get round that playoff mark? And, I, and look, I don't think it's um, completely beyond us, but let's go one step at a time. Um, let's um, consolidate. Let's remember how far we've come in a, in a pretty short space of time, you know. So uh, And keep improving. We're a young group. Keep improving. Um, stay with them. And I do think there's uh, some positivity around the corner. Great answer. 
Thank you for that, Matt. To come back to um, Darrell McMahon, there's obviously been a lot of rumours over the weekend about him not being at the club anymore. Any Anything you can update around Darrell at all? Well, all I say about Daryl is Daryl, since he's come in, he's obviously been a manager. He's a really great guy, great guy to bounce um, bounce things off. And uh, he was in the dugout yesterday, and I, all, all I've done yesterday was say goodbye as we usually do. So I haven't heard anything. So um, sorry if that doesn't um, give any answers. But as far as I know, I, I don't know. I don't know anything. Uh, all I say is Daryl. Daryl's been a really good voice in the dressing room. I think. Look, set, set plays haven't been good enough from us but I think the players that's one thing the players have to um, take a bit of ownership for I think defensively we've actually been really good um, the stats would say we're creating a few opportunities but we're from them in an attacking sense but it's something we have to improve I'm not going to um, hide behind that I think but I, th- I think everyone and set plays aren't just down to one person set plays are down to every everyone we all talk about them we all watch them um, it's a collective um, effort when we talk about the set plays and it's also the players have got to try and do better on the pitch. I think so. It, that's all of us. That's that's not pointing the finger at any one person. That is, we all need to be better. Mm. Is is Daryl's remit specifically for set pieces, or is he more of a generalist coach? What what, what does he kind of um, do on a kind of day to day or week to week basis? So a lot of the time, when so if if we travel um, away then there'll be a group usually of four or five players who, who are on loan and they need training. So Daryl takes that group. Um, obviously, he's got really good experience within football. So he takes that group. They, they really enjoy it. Um, he works them hard and they're ready and prepared for their, to, to be kind of future Leighton Orient players. He does that. He supports us on a daily basis and he presents um, the set plays. But we all go into like it's a kind of collective effort that so Daryl will then if we play away Daryl then drive up himself on the match day to be with us so um, that's yeah that's his role I don't know exactly how people thought it would be he's just been um, um, an extra person to the staff we've got we've got a good staff here and it's um, he's, he's definitely helped the young lads um, on those days where we, we maybe have a day off or we're travelling to go back to yesterday, Matt, the captaincy was given to Tom James for the Derby game. Obviously, it was changed a few times this season. Why Why Tom James for yesterday taking the captaincy? Well, with TJ, we think um, he's a good age. So we're, we're a pretty uh, pretty young squad and, and we think TJ's a good age. And, it, and we just think there's more within Tom. So by giving him that extra responsibility, we think... Um, we think it, it can help him. Obviously, we've had a few captains this season. Um, we've got quite young players. Eddie's young. Um, obviously, Pratt's would be our usual captain. Uh, Dan Hap's been captain before. But we've probably um, not had a huge amount of experience. So, uh, I think that was the thinking behind that one. Okay. Um, lots of questions we had come in around January transfer window. Obviously, we're... You know, three weeks away, three and a weeks in a day, whatever it is, to to the window opening. Um, we are aware that Martin Ling has a board in his office, and it's a constant sort of moving, moving chart, if you like. In terms of, um, you know, incomings and outgoings, might we expect some movement? 
you know what? This isn't really my uh, department. I can uh, obviously look. Everyone's always looking to improve. If it means uh, things may need to be shuffled to move a bit of money around in order to sign people we'd want to improve us, then you know that is going on. Uh, we're constantly having, um, or the gaffer and the board and the recruitment team are constantly having meetings. Obviously, we as a staff have an input on that. Um, so it's it's kind of done in a in a tier thing. We'll have an input on that, but it, I mean we're constantly looking at players, looking at names, good players. Obviously, it's not just going to be us in from. Um, hopefully, there'll be a bit of room to do to do to do a couple. It's important we try and get the right ones, you know. Um, so that is where we're at on recruitment. Um, I can't really tell you much more because I don't really know it. Okay, that's no fair problem. enough. That's always appreciated you giving an honest answer. So. Loads of listening questions. So we've already covered like Daryl, we've cap- covered the captaincy, we've covered January, a few other ones that came from listeners. Chris Kane uh, asked a question about Ethan Galbraith, saying, What has Ethan Galbraith got to do to get a regular run of games? So obviously, new signing, I think the fans are quite taken to him quite quickly, Galbraith, and yeah. not seen as much as I guess what they would have liked to. I guess what's your stance on uh, Ethan? Yeah, well, I'm with him in a lot of ways. I mean, um... We, we've got a hell of a lot of belief and faith in Ethan. Um, and we think he's going to be a hell of a player. And I, th- I think he's played well. So he had a really good run in the team earlier on in the season. I think he'd done well. He played right back for a bit and then he played as an eight uh, when we changed the three at the back. And look, there, there's certain things at the minute we're just concentrating on that we think others maybe just... Um, we just need that... That slight difference. Um, I mean, let's not forget, he's not hugely experienced, but I expect him to play a huge role from from now to the end of the season. There's been no... um, It's not as if we're not happy with him. I mean, even yesterday, with how the game went, I mean, we we were thinking about Ethan uh, the whole time. We are thinking about him Friday, having an impact. But with how the game went, and it just hasn't worked out for him recently. Um, the same with Max in a way it's just it's been stop and start but look we, we've got a hell of a lot of belief in him um, it's not one of them where you know everyone else is seeing a great player and we're not it's nothing like that it's just circumstance in a minute and getting through this spell um, and it's ultimately we've, we have got players to pick from in that area and, and we, we're going on how the gaffer sees the game plan and how he sees the game um, coming up. But he'll have a big impact from now to the end of the season. I have I've no doubt about that. And he's got to keep improving and keep driving. Um, he's, a, he's a great kid, unbelievable trainer. I think everyone's been really impressed with him. Everyone's excited with him. But yeah, we, we're just, we may be holding him back a bit, but uh, he will have an impact. I've, I've no doubts on that. In terms of um, things like long throws, uh, we had a question from uh, Warren Coleman who said, why do we, we rely on strategies like the long throw when it hasn't yielded any success? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with him. I think, we've, um, I think we've spoke about that internally as well. And, and I think over the last few weeks, we, we want to get the ball in play quicker. And, and get I think when when we're at our best we move the ball quickly we're excited we run forward we play forward and I do think that slows us down a little bit so I think it's, it's, a, it's an absolute valid point um, but I think the game yesterday we we actually we were try, I know we were losing but we were trying to slow it down to stay in the game to be honest um, at 1 and 2 nil. so that that was probably why we done it yesterday 
but it's um, it's something we've spoke about and, and uh, we would agree with him to be honest Fair play Barry Mittelman uh, said you were a striker Matt obviously you know you're a striker Matt hell of a good one as well but comes on to say uh, what does Royal need to do to improve his game so I mean I guess I guess we've been fairly critical of him at points this season There's been, he's had a few good chances it's not put away and he's put away some amazing chances that you think haven't yeah. so I guess from your perspective as a forward coaching Royal as a young forward how, how can Royal improve yeah, I mean, I mean, he's still doing well, but you're right. I think I've spoke. I speak to Ruel obviously um, daily, weekly. We go through things, um, and yeah, I mean, there's, he's left a few out there, definitely, isn't he? You know, he's, yeah. he's left a, a few really good chances, and then he'll go and score a weldy. What, mm. what I think he's 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 playing week in week out, isn't he? You know, so I think he's just got to keep going. We keep working every day. Sometimes it don't happen immediately. I think even last season he was in and out a little bit. You know, he's never been a regular. And at the minute, he's he's kind of one of the first names you'll put on the team sheet. Um, he's still got to tidy up. I still think he can work harder at his game uh, from a Monday to a Friday. And that's what I'm working with him on and, and we talk to him about um, to take him to that next level because I think he can get to the next level. I mean, his stats are still really good. I think he's even, even if you include kind of his goals and assists, he's right up there in terms of data. So um, it's something we're working on. He's got, to, he's got to have that hunger to do it every day, keep doing it. And I think he probably should have over double figures, shouldn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think also he got seven, but that probably should be 12, yeah. um, minimum 12, yeah. which, then, which then turns those draws into wins and uh, you know so these are the fine margins we're talking about and then uh, there's not as much doom and gloom is there that's exactly it and and to your point earlier uh, and I've said it on plenty of occasions this season unfortunately that we're just not clinical enough in both boxes if we're not scoring at one end we can't be conceding in the other end um, so yeah to your 100%. point he's got to take those chances and how he scores the world is and misses the easier ones is is, is beyond me and I took a penalty yesterday and I didn't do very well so I do appreciate <laughs> I do appreciate how hard it is um, yeah. but, but, but you know it's that, a lot harder actually on the pitch than watching you know I've, I've realised that now um, yeah. it's one of the things you look on you think why haven't you just done that and I think back to all the mistakes I made as a player so <laughs> look it's, it's um, yeah it's sometimes it's, it's, I get it it's emotion it's frustration isn't it Absolutely. Vince Howard said, considering this season is all about consolidation, is it becoming a struggle to motivate the players? And I think that alludes to Nigel's message to when, at the beginning of the season about consolidating them, you know, not being in a dogfight at the bottom end. <coughs> Excuse me. But I think obviously your attitudes and the staff's attitudes are probably slightly different. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't... Um... I mean, obviously, we've all got a really good relationship with Nigel. I don't know if that's been taken a little bit out of context. I don't mean there's no ambition. That means is we don't really want to be in a dogfight, if you call it that. We want to be safe so we can build the club in League One. Look, uh, what was it? Six years ago, they said we want to be back where we started now. We're back there. The last thing you want to do is, is go back a step. So I think that's probably what he meant by consolidation but that doesn't mean we've got no ambition because I mean you know the manager um, he's highly driven we all are for success you know I think I think he's a he's a he's an absolute winner obviously that can bubble over at times because he wants to win so bad and and 
we want the players to want it as much as them. And I think I think they do. But look, you can't sometimes, it doesn't just happen. So what I think you've got to do and what we do is we just take every game as it comes and we, and we just do everything we can to win that game. Mm. And then before you know it, it's not consolidation if you've won three out of four and you're, you're then looking up to where we want to be. It's then ambition. So um, I get the point if if you say consolidation, how do you motivate players? But on a day-to-day basis, we have no problem motivating the players. Um, and I think you watch our games, we're in a lot of games. It's not like um, we're outplayed and they don't look like they're trying. Um we're in games, it's a goal here or there, isn't it? You know, so um, I don't think that that's a problem. And I, I definitely wouldn't say we're, we're just consolidating and happy to just, oh, just turn up and, and win a few and, and draw a few and lose a few and be 16th come the end of the season. We're striving for much more than that. Nice one. We had a question on Instagram from the Berkshire O who said, how does Matt think uh, our goal scoring this season can be improved? So I think... Without having the table yeah. in front of me, I think our goals four is fairly. I think it was like sixteen, maybe maybe seventeen, um, maybe even eighteen. Um, but I guess, what's your what's your take on that? Yeah, uh, it's look. It's got to improve. Um, we want it to improve. We want to create more high level chances, and it's something we talk about all the time. Obviously, um, what we think is we turn away a lot of opportunities to play forward or to play that killer forward pass to create a better chance that's honestly what um, I think the main issue is so what do you do you you work on it you show them it Um, you think of ways to improve it uh, through what we do during the week and um, and how the players can individually technically do it so um, I think it's it's an absolute good question and valid point and, and that's what I would say the issue is at the moment and then of course you've got to then tie that in you get more chances you score more goals confidence levels go up and trust me being a striker who, who had some barren spells is is sometimes a horrible lonely place when you don't feel like um, you're going to score or going to get loads of chances and when you do score it feels like the goal's massive and, it, and it's easy so we've got to keep working through it Keep working for it. Keep working hard, and um, and things improve. You know. You, you you touched on it earlier, actually, Matt. And we had a question that came in from Orient Boy, who said, "Why do we seem to always let in goals five or ten minutes either side of half time, and especially seem to get caught cold at the start of the second half in games?" I think you touched on this slightly earlier. You made a comment about that at half time. Your team talk was stay in the game, stay in the game, stay in the game. So how do we then come out? And I think it was it within sixty or ninety seconds yesterday we've conceded. Uh, honestly, I think that's probably the thing that's disappointed me the most. Looking back on the season, mm. and looking back on yesterday, definitely, um, because I just think it's just the lack of focus. And we've got a first off. You've got to look at yourself. So, how am I at half time? How are we at half time? Can we change anything? Can we can we do anything to avoid this happening? Um, because I think it, I don't think it's good enough. Um, and I just think it's 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 been a factor why we haven't won as many games and got as many points. I think there's no shine away from that. And I expect the manager tomorrow. I expect to have a meeting about it. To be honest, I expect to uh, go through each time it happened. It's happened with the players and why it's happened. 
and find a reason. So, absolutely bang on with that one. I forgot his name. Oak, uh, but Berkshire Row or something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely spot on. Yeah, something we need to improve on. Absolutely not shying away from that one. Fair stuff, Matt. We had a message from Rainbow Sailor who said, not a question, but please thank Matt and the management and the team for their support of the Rainbow Laces yesterday, especially Richie and Adam for their video messages. So, we thought we'd pass that on. We also had another no, question. No, much appreciated. Good calls. Yeah, it was great. I had a question from Orient Boy about Dan Adji, saying how far away is Dan Adji from 90 minutes? Now, I'm well aware that he's been making cameo appearances as he comes back from injury, but I guess for you, how far away is he from, from making the start? I think he's getting closer. Um, I think he's shown glimpses of real threat. I think it was just a killer because he had no pre-season. And then you're trying to give him a pre-season and then... Obviously, Chesterfield. Um, Chesterfield happens. We have to bring him on in the first half, and that that's not ideal. We we've um, we've got big plans for Dan. We we think he's going to be a great player for the club. So we just got to be careful that we don't end up doing something else. But I do think he's edging towards it. He's training well. He hasn't missed a day's training in three weeks now. He's obviously building his minutes up. I thought he looked a threat at times again yesterday. So I think it's it's edging towards that time. You know. Baza, so do you think that he might make this side of well, in, uh, you know, we've we've got what four games left of twenty twenty three, maybe? Do, do you think that that might happen this side of not this side of Christmas, obviously? Because it's only, I, th- I, th- only I think it's a, I think yeah. it's a possibility, definitely. Oh yeah, I mean ninety minutes is different, isn't it? I mean, I think the guy said ninety minutes, but it doesn't necessarily have to be ninety minutes. Yeah. But um, there comes a time when when he he might start a game for sure. Yeah, seventy eight would be great. Yeah. Bazal73 said, does Matt think it's possible to build a squad capable of promotion in the next two or three years when we're so reliant on loan players? Um, Bit of a head scratch well, for that. First off, yeah, well, no, it's interesting because I, I'm just trying to think, I think a lot of teams would have loan players. Um, I know... We've got Solbrin, Brandon Cooper, Ed Turns, Eddie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Finish it. I th- what, what I think I mean so we've got five and you've got a limit of five haven't you what I think you've got to do I think you've got to utilise them um, I mean we utilised them well last season didn't we yeah. so we've we, we done that great last season and we ended up going up so what's stopping you doing that with a better calibre or a more experienced group this time with loan players I don't see that being an issue at all um, and I definitely think that's where we're striving for and yeah um Six weeks ago, I would have been, uh, I would have been talking about a playoff push, possibly openly. You know, in yeah. terms of it, definitely internally, because I, I, I've got a hell of a lot of belief in the way we play um, and our players and how, and how we set up individually in the games, how the gaffer sets us up in games. So, um, yeah, it just feels like it's, it's, a, it's a really. It's not a great time at the minute, um, but we've just got to keep working through it. It changes quickly, football, doesn't it? It really does. It can it can really change in the matter of a couple of games, really. But he, yeah. he goes on to ask another question and says, also, will the current crop of loanees be reviewed in January? I, I understand that usually they have a recall clause in their contracts for the comfort of the parent club. But also, Brandon Cooper, I think, is only on loan with us until, until January. And he's now about to serve a three-match Band, which pretty much I think puts him out for the rest of 2023 possibly yeah I'm not sure if um, if it extends into the start of um, January with Brandon um, I don't know 
without it here in front of me, I don't know exactly who um, who has got breakout clauses. I know I know a few possibly have have, and then it, it's down to um, obviously the loan club and us. Um, what happens there? Uh, all I can say was, we're, I mean, I think the loan players have have helped us and been good for us. Um, and you've got to be careful on the back of a couple of bad results. You don't panic and and lose faith in people. So um, I'm sure. Well, we, we are. We're, we we obviously we've we've decided a recruitment. And you're also looking at the loan um, players as well. Um, that obviously ties into the recruitment because if, if people got called back or we wanted to shuffle things around, that is then a factor. Um, with that because you only get five loans that can be in a match day squad so so that is always a factor but I think you've got I think all good teams use the loan market to their advantage and and obviously we're out there we're all watching games and watching players um, from a higher level so we're always looking ones that can help us Great answer that's it for listening to questions mate. we've got two more questions before we'll let you go so recently we've got into the habit of asking uh, for our guest dream menu so we've asked this to Paul Terry to Richie Wellens to Paul Smith as well. So if you had a fantasy restaurant, Matt, and you could pick any uh, starter, main course and dessert, what would Matt Howell pick for his dream menu? I would go um, scallops on pea puree with some chorizo to start. Lovely. I would then go... Oh, I'm a foodie, and I lad. So, yeah, hard question. Michelin star. You can tell. You can tell your starter, man. Probably go for like. Um, I'd probably go for like a. I'm gonna go fish here. I mean, I'm, I'd probably go for a turbot, like a a baked turbot. Um, actually, we were, when we went to Portugal last pre-season, we stopped in a in a restaurant, and oh, that was the best fish I ever had. I think I had turbot there. Um, it looked like. It looked rubbish from the outside, but the food was uh, was brilliant. So, yeah, I'll go for a turbo. And then for dessert, I will go for... Oh, you know what? Controversial one, but I had this last night at a restaurant. I went for um, Christmas pudding, Ooh. and I really enjoyed it wow. with, uh, with brandy cream. So... Yeah, that's probably not my favourite, but that's what I've I've got a taste for at the minute. So, very nice. yeah, just throwing one in, and it's the festive period. So, <laughs> well played, well played. I Tied in well, that. wasn't it? Yeah, I wasn't I'm good at this. That. Yeah, fine, uh, a fine palate that you have. Uh, final yeah. thing from us before we let you go and enjoy. Um, I'm a celebrity, or whatever it is you're going to go and do next. <laughs> um, just, <laughs> just a quick Watch the game again, lads. Just keep trying to improve. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, a message for the Orient fans, really, just to sign off on that. Um, well, look, it's going pretty obvious, but it is stay with us and stay positive, isn't it? I think uh, five years ago yesterday, we lost to Borehamwood 1-0. So we've come a hell of a long way in a, in a short time. And I think there's a great connection um, at the club. And don't let a couple of bad games or a, a bad period of not winning um, come away from the fact that a lot of the fans see the players giving their all on the pitch and for the badge. And I don't think that's changed. I really don't. They they, they care immensely. And it's been through a lot, obviously, the club over um, the last few years. Um, and look, this is a great time. We're having a sticky spell in League One. Um, you'd have taken that 18 months ago and five years ago, wouldn't you? So 
Um, let's let's have a little bit of perspective with everything. Let's stick together and let's uh, let's enjoy the good times because they're around the corner, aren't they? Great stuff, Matt. Pleasure to have you back on the podcast and appreciate you coming on, given I guess there's difficult circumstances at the moment following yesterday. No, um, it's, it's fine, lads. Honestly, I don't mind it at all. Appreciate you, Matt. Thanks very much, and all the best for good the rest stuff. of the Cheers, season. Lads. Have all a great best. Christmas and New Year, Matt. Thanks, Take bye. care. You too, guys. Cheers, See you mate. Later. Bye. So that was first team coach Matt Harold, who I thought was excellent actually. Could have easily said today, like we've already said, I'm, I can't do it, lads. Sorry, I could have made a flimsy excuse. Thought he was great. Didn't shy away from any questions. So we asked him about January. We asked him about the captaincy. We asked him about Darren McMahon, and I think he was honest in everything. Um, yeah, I mean, there's done. only so much that one can ask, and obviously there's only so much that Matt can say. So for those that are probably going to jump on social media and say you should have done this and should have done that and should have done the other. At the end of the day, you ask the questions and the answers that you get are what he can say because he's not going to, if there is something um, going on behind the scenes and he's not necessarily going to, it's not his place to necessarily say that. So I know that there's some rumours about Daryl that was apparently he was let go on Friday or he's leaving or anything like that. If that's not been fed through to Matt, then that's that's what it is. At the end of the day, we can only do what we can do. Absolutely. So, so let's move on. Appreciate it. Support club updates in. Yeah, let's do that then. Um, Saturday the 16th of December, we're off to Cheltenham Town, not for the races, but for the football. It's a three o'clock kickoff for this one and the coaches are going to be leaving the supporters club at half past eight in the morning, as we said last week. Uh, adults are £33, concessions are 30 children under 15 travel for 17 quid. Then on Saturday the 23rd of December, we're off to Bolton Wanderers for a three o'clock kickoff. Coaches leave at half past eight. The cost for that one is a bit more. It's £39 because you're going further. £36 concession. Children under 15 travel for £20. And obviously, to remind you, those prices don't include your match day ticket. You now need to call the travel line because there aren't any home matches uh, to go in and book on. But you can call 07507 539 579 and Malcolm will gladly take your booking. Great stuff. So two pieces of AOB before we get going with the week that was. First up, we wish former O's groundsman Charlie Hassler all the best and a healthy recovery as it was reported in the week. Obviously he'd been taken into Whips Cross Hospital and placed in the ICU. We understand he's out of the ICU now into a stroke ward. So wishing you uh, well, Charlie. And hopefully looking forward to some more positive updates Absolutely. from the families. Get well soon, bud. Get well soon, indeed. And thanks also to Johnny E, TC09, Grant Conway and Dave Danu, Ian and Alan Muriel, who have all sent us comments recently on Spotify for our episodes. So in case you weren't aware, if you are listening on Spotify, you can rate the show and you can also leave comments uh, about the show as well. Any talking points you want to... Uh, get on in case you don't have enough social media or the forums aren't enough for you you can also do it on Spotify now yeah it also works very nicely I think it's Spotify's algorithms as well obviously the more comments you get I think it pushes you up certain algorithms as well so yeah please continue to do so if you're doing that on Spotify so the week that was then at the O's happy Monday the 4th of December and we start this one by saying a happy birthday to Jaden Sweeney, who turned 22. So I hope you had a good birthday, Jaden. Indeed. The club confirmed that the FA Youth Cup third round tie with Newcastle United will now take place at midday on Tuesday, the 19th of December. Sadly, it won't be played uh, at the 50-odd thousand capacity St. James's <laughs> Park. Instead, it's going to be played at a park called Whitley Park, which is um, up that sort of way. I wanted to say Whitley Bay, but... Yeah, more than likely. Yeah, so obviously don't play at St James's Park. So they don't. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's Huey Tuesday, the fifth of December. 
Wednesday the 6th of December quiet two days at the club no news to report so we'll move on yeah so we'll move on to the 7th of December which was Thursday happy heavenly birthday to former Orient press box regular Roland Lyons gone but never forgotten yeah absolutely great tweets there from his friend Brian Jeeves in the week there great stuff there from Brian and on Thursday also to all those who start celebrating the festival of lights we wish you a happy Hanukkah hope you had a a great first night of the festival. Indeed. The club announced the naming rights for our beloved Brisbane Road Stadium for the next three years. They've been bought by the Goan Group. A Goan Group, I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly. Apologies. They're a construction business actually based in Buckhurst Hill. So now Brisbane Road will be known as the Goan Group Stadium until the summer of 2026 with the naming rights partnership representing the most lucrative of its kind in Leighton Orient history. Fair play on that deal. Also on Thursday, busy day, our under-18s uh, were drawn to face AFC Bournemouth if they are uh, victorious over Newcastle. So fourth round, FA Youth Cup. Bournemouth, that will be played on the 9th, sorry, that will be played by the 20th of January 2024. So I think baby steps this one. Let's see if they can get past Newcastle yeah, next and, it, and then we'll focus on the Bournemouth. week after. Yeah, so if they get through Newcastle, they will face AFC Bournemouth, who won obviously in the last round that was played last week. The uh, Elliot Byrne derby. We love this. Come on. <laughs> Friday the 8th of December. Nothing, nothing happened. So let's move on to the main event, which was Saturday the 9th. Absolutely. Before the big kickoff main event, Chuck Ford was announced as the November goal of the month winner for his stunning strike against Wigan. So well done to Shaq. We spoke about the nominations last week. We're both pretty unanimous. Easily. It would be Shaq and Shaq won. So well done, Shaq Ford. Yeah, but I think Ruel was, was a very close set. Would have been a very close yeah, set. For that. As always, we run a Twitter poll before each game to find out how you think we'd get on. This one garnered 332 votes. 23% thought a draw. An optimistic 25% thought we'd win. But the overwhelming majority at 52% were correct in thinking that we would lose. So thanks yeah. to everyone for your votes. Yeah, I mean, Derby, big, big team, yeah. big form. I think given our current plight, I think probably no surprise there given the results of that Twitter poll. No, and, and, and I think it's probably the first time the majority of people have predicted a loss for this season. So it just shows you. Yeah, absolutely. Difficult game. So at 2pm, yeah. the team was announced to face Derby with Sol Brin in goal. At the back, Tom James, Brandon Cooper, Dan Happy and Rob Hunt. Midfield of Edrisel Mazzuni, Jordan Brown, George Moncur, with Theo Archibald, Ralph Satiriu and Joe Piggott making up the 11. On the bench, Sam Howes, Jaden Sweeney, Omar Beckles, Darren Prattley, Ethan Galbraith, Dan Adji and Shaq Ford. Indeed, that side saw Ed Turns drop out the matchday squad as he failed a late fitness test. Rob Hunt started in his place with Shaq Ford, dropped to the bench as George Moncur was given what's fair to say it was a rare start and Tom James was given as we've mentioned before the captain's armband for that game I think I think when Matt explains it the way he has you know Tom is a much more experienced player and um, wearing the captain's armband does add an extra element of pressure that not everybody's comfortable with yeah good shout for me when I first saw that I saw it liked it Few people assumed that was a four four two, but I was like, it can't be a four four two because no. it's misbalanced. So four two three one. Still scream scream to me that Royal not being played for the middle, which I think isn't his best position. But something I was happy with. If you looked at the bench, I mean actually on the bench you've got decent decent options there. You've got Aggie Ford who can turn the game from the top end, you've got Galbraith who can get you up the pitch if you need to, Prattley who can slow it down, Beckles who back sooner than what I expected. So and obviously it's quite an experienced bench with Beckles and Prattley as well. So good characters to have on the bench. So I saw that and I was like, all right, 
Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, indeed. Like, I thought it was a good side. Good bench, like you say. Plenty of experience. And it's nice to see Omar Beckles back on the bench. I agree. I, I thought it would be a 4-2-3-1, uh, to be honest with you. I think that made the most sense, yeah. given the personnel that we had. Um, and, I, and I thought, you know what? Potentially, we might be able to get something from this game. I think it's good to see Moncoa back on the start of another. Yeah. Considering we have not been creating much, there's been a few calls for him to come back. I think last week, a lot of tweets saying, you know, pivotal time to kind of start him in a game where a lot was going but we didn't so we had quite a big reaction to this we'll mention a few tweets that come in to us Les OK 5-2 said 4-4-2 question mark Happy George is back and about the best thing we could field although I hope we see Galbraith at some point Phil VZ1 said it's a strong team and an amazing chance for Moncur to kickstart his season yet again Galbraith unlucky to miss out Phil this team will secure a point at the very least our core 1972 saw it a bit differently around uh, Moncur said as good as it gets I suppose but how Moncur starts over Galbraith is beyond me now I I would say it's it's not Moncur starting over Galbraith I would say Brown and Iddy are starting over Galbraith I see Galbraith is more of one of those two places as opposed to the Moncara role. So I would say it's probably not the correct tweet for me based on based on how I view Galbraith as a player. I don't see Galbraith as at 10 driving me forward. I see him as more as at 4 or 8 playing behind the 10 in a 4-2-3-1. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay, Len Chin Chin 1 said, a top 6 side derby on a good run of form backed by a large... Uh, team and are dangerous and must be pressed well. The O's must improve going forward in the final third, attacking and defending the boxes tightly. A better desire to win the ball with clinical play. Danger player for them is Collins. I have to say, we've omitted to mention that Jordan Brown is obviously facing his former club. Absolutely. When I walked in, I wasn't that confident. I don't know if I told you yesterday. I walked in to the ground and the music, whatever song was on, was coming to an end. So I heard whatever it was fade out and I walked in and Springsteen kicked in, Dancing in the Dark. And I was like, oh, amazing. I was like, we're going to win this. I was like, that's a sign from the oh, gods. Stop. I was like, that's a sign from the gods. So the match kicked right. off, got underway in a cold and crisp E10 as we were looking for our first league winning eight games against a Derby team. Ironically, well, not ironically, Derby on their best run of form of the season. They'd won the last four on the trot in the playoff places and it was the O's annual Rainbow Laces fixture the first time the teams had met in 38 years so last time these teams met we were 5 years old and 6 years old respectively crazy alright let's go in the 4th minute huge opportunity opened up for Theo Archibald after some neat interplay saw Joe Piggott playing Theo and with a goal at his mercy I've not seen this one back Theo misjudged his kick seemed to slice the ball massively and the ball hit his standing foot and the chance was gone. Mm. That was a huge chance. Talk about those little moments, right? If that ball hits the back of the net and we're one up after four minutes, now I'm not going to sit here and say we win the game if we go one no. up. However, it changes the dynamic. It, changes the, yeah. it changes the mood around the stadium. 100%. It changes the confidence of the players. The weight comes off their shoulders. It puts the weight and the emphasis onto Derby. That would have been huge if that got in. And he slices the ball. It hit his standing foot. Yeah, because he sliced it. Yeah. Because he, he, he hacked at it. And, and it's such a shame because that was such a good move. And, and like Matt Harold said, it is these fine moments that we are not capitalising on that is costing us games, be it, at the, uh, uh, be it at the front end or at the back end, whichever way you look at it. If you're not scoring, you've got to stop them scoring. If you're not stopping them scoring, then you've got to go and score. And we're not doing either well enough. And it's moments like that. Theo's got the goal begging at his mercy. Attack me. Kick it in. I'm here. 
and it, and he just misjudged it. I can't castigate Theo because generally he's been fantastic. Oh, one of the standouts of the season. I mean, last season I think if that comes to him in the same situation, he doesn't even. But think not, about not even Bosch one 0 We're celebrating, but yeah, I mean that's just the way the season has gone so far. So that huge chance gone so beautifully for Joe Piggott to feed him through as well. Such a shame. First corner of the game for the O's in the eighth minute, but Tom James's delivery was easily caught by Wildsmith. It's an awesome name for a goalkeeper. Twelve minutes into the game, in Derby's first shot at goal was well over from Tom Sibley. And then a minute later, a Tom James long throw eventually found its way to Elsa Tuyu, who managed to control the ball, lift it up, get a half volley away, which Wildsmith was able to catch. Yeah, we were all a bit antsy there, thinking, go on, go on, keep it, and he's going to get onto it, and it just kind of the it's the ball's bounced. slow as it come down to yeah. it. Yeah. But he could have, yeah. And he snatched the, with his left foot rather than his stronger right. That's the kind of goal that he scores like, like that and misses the ones we've kind of spoken about, like the harder chances. But hit the target, but they keep yeah. had it covered. Move forwards now to the 20th minute. More good play down our left hand side. Saw Idris El Mazzuni find Ruel Soturio, who darted towards goal, but his cross was blocked for a corner that came to nothing. So again, a good opportunity that he was played in for. Yeah, we played all right. First 10 minutes, we were really good and it kind of slowed down a little bit, but we, we looked on par with Derby uh, at this point in the I match th- anyway. I think actually, we I, I disagree. I think we were on top. Yeah. I think we were by far, like Matt said, I think we were the better side. We were taking our game to them. We haven't really spoken about any shots that Sol Brins had to do and that's not because we're so pro-orient that we can't ever yeah, talk yeah, yeah. about another team. <laughs> it's just genuinely because that's as funny. I'm note-taking throughout the game, there just isn't anything. Yeah. Um, they might have shot blazed over, I think. I just didn't bother to note. But by and large, it, it, it's us that are creating. It's going to change in a minute, pal. 26 minutes in. Superb save by Sol Brin. Denied mm. Derby the lead as Joe Wall took a free kick, curled it round the wall. Now, we could see the wall and I was talking uh, to Chris next to me going, this wall doesn't look quite right. There's a massive gap if he can curl it round. So you could see like the slight gap. The wall wasn't quite right there. But fair to say, Brim recovered and made an excellent save from the free kick. It's funny because I'd opened my mouth and said, this is a left-footed person shot. It's going <laughs> oh, really? to go round the wall, that, round the, the wall the other way. Oh, right. And then he's kicked it round the right-handed yeah. right-footed person and it's crept in at the... You could see the gap on the wall when you were looking. You were like, there's a slight... It's not quite aligned to the post. Right. And that's the one he went for. So yeah. I couldn't have got it more wrong. So it shows you <laughs> what I know. 33 minutes on the clock, Louis Sibley ended up putting Derby ahead with a fine strike from distance after Wilson... Found the aforementioned Sibley. He pulled away from Tom James, drove towards goal. Uh, sorry, drove forwards before driving a shot across the goal into the bottom corner from just outside the box. I, I fear that that took a slightly. Look, I've watched that back, and it looked like it took a deflection off Dan Happy's leg as well, um, in some way, shape, or form. Not that it massively changed the way the ball was travelling, but good goal. I think it helped. Good goal. I mean, it was the, the way he took it, it looked like he scored loads this season. Obviously, it's his first of the season, right? Cool. Which is ridiculous. Defensively, you could say a bit laps. He kind of pulls away fairly easy from James, and Happy doesn't kind of close him down, just kind of stays where he is and runs back a little bit. You could argue Happy should go and get in his face a bit and try and yeah. cut out his angle, but a great finish there. I don't think Brink could do much in goal, to be fair. And that's it, it's quality and that's being clinical, right? Mm. We haven't spoken about any derby apart from a, a shot over the bar in the 11th minute. Derby haven't had any chances or not to speak about the one they've got they've made for themselves put it in the back of the net and now they're in the driving seat fine margins again yeah Paul so fine his margins again. <laughs> yeah. yeah Derby should have doubled their lead shouldn't they at the uh, 40th minute oh. after Bird sent sent the ball out to Mendes Lang on the left and uh, he sent it for Collins who was all alone in the box all by himself with all the time in the world and all the space, but he ended up firing his shot just wide from around the penalty spot with just Solbrin to beat. 
Huge lot of there. I think Huge it's fair to say. I don't know why he had so much space. So they've worked. The, they've worked the chance. Well, Mendes Lang, who was starting to grow into the game a lot more, starting to cause real problems on their left and our right hand side. He's putting a great ball, mm. but once the ball comes in, he's got all the time in the world. He tries to be a bit too clever with it, Collins, mm. like the first time shot. It wasn't that far away, but a really bad miss. He, and again, I think he'd scored seven in his last six. So play on that form, you'd expect to bury it. We had a massive lucky. That should have been the warning sign there to go. Actually, what's going on? Yeah. Absolutely, like he missed it. Game changing, huge moment in the 43rd minute as Brandon Cooper came together with Collins. Collins went down and Brandon was shown the red card. Now, at the time in the South, we, we couldn't see, see it. it yeah. We just presumed he played, acted, got our man sent off as Brandon was given his marching orders. However, video today we've retweeted and loads of people retweeted quite clear that Cooper gives Collins quite a hefty elbow to the face red card all day long Collins I don't know what the matter with Collins is Collins has been sorry not Collins Cooper sorry been fantastic for the first month and a half two months of his loan spell phenomenal slotted into that centre back three with uh, turns and happy brilliantly but for the last month or so I don't know what's happened Cooper's Gone from being one of the first choices on the team sheet to one of the last. I don't know whether that's frustration, tiredness. Don't know, but any time you do that to an opposition, they'll bow in the face. In front of the dugout. In front of the dugout. The Lano's got to be well... I don't know what he's expecting. He gets three games off now. He gets to go back to the world, spend Christmas with his family. So, yeah, be a big loss. And I think it's interesting now. The perception was... Everyone knows we've got him until January. Let's try and keep him to the end of the season. Reaction now is he's done at Orient. Do you think people are that bomb? Well, from, a, fan from a fan perception, right. I think most fans now are like, yeah, get rid. Yeah, stupid. That's violent conduct, isn't Sh- it? Shows so. you how quickly it can change for you, but yeah, yeah no complaints. Totally unnecessary. There was a player behind him, probably happy, I think it was, a uh, player behind him. So he, you know, he didn't need to do that. He could have just blocked him without using the elbow and that would have been fine maybe a yellow card for I mean Collins is an experienced forward he's probably whispering in his ear trying, probably trying to get something out of him however you know you've got to be smarter than that Cooper yeah 100% it's unacceptable four minutes of added time went up on the board Richie Wellens made an enforced change as George Moncur unfortunately was replaced by Omar Beck because I thought it was one of um, George's better performances actually not that he set the bar particularly high but I thought he did quite well at times bought the play gave options to players who you know perhaps have got a bit stuck and you know Derby was swarming over them and, and he's got good quick feet we just need to see more of it but I thought it was one of his better performances it was a shame he was, he was having a decent game there and yeah. you, you felt we were utilising his his position and his distribution work. Like he was he was getting involved in stuff and looking yeah. decent as well so that was a real real shame but obviously a straightforward sub with Beckles coming on in defence nothing else to report in the first half which came to a close with the O's 1-0 down attendance announced 8,499 with 1,196 away fans making the journey. So, obviously, the game sold out. I mean, still huge gaps in the North Stand and quite a substantial gap in the East Stand as well. So, I don't know if that's free tickets that just weren't utilised or whatever. But, yeah, shame that because, obviously, those empty seats are potential income and money to the club and create a better atmosphere because there's more fans on the ground. Yeah, exactly right. There were no further changes, that, sorry, there were no changes for the O's at half-time which got off to an awful start as Bird drove forward. He found Wilson on the right whose low ball picked out Hurahan on the edge of the box who helped himself, sorry, who helped it onto Mendes Lang on the left-hand side and his first-time shot 
beat Solbrin to make it 2-0. Now they've worked that chance really well. So you can argue from an Orient perspective it's quite poor defensively, but the way they use the extra man to get Mendes land by himself on the left-hand side is, yeah. is quite good. It's just one of those it, where we've come out a bit cold, they've capitalised, good finish. What I will say is, should Solbrin have saved that? I think so. I think Brin would be disappointed that he's at least not palmed that one away. Yeah. Kind of gets under his body. And I think there was a few people comparing Viggs to Brin and I think it's like apples and pears almost. Like, yeah, um, but you could go back Eldin Jakubovic and <laughs> like, what do you... Yeah, he was like, it just, Brin he's not our like, keeper anymore so it's it's a moot point. Unlucky there. Yeah, I agree. Um, yes, could he, should he do better? Always. But there are times where you just have to accept that it was a good move and it was a good finish. And unfortunately, it's gone against us because, again, the fine margins. We're not switching on, like Matt Harold said. We're not switching on. Yeah. We're not sharp enough. Um, and, and teams probably have worked that out and scouted that about you. All you have to do is look back at the results that we've had and when the goals have come. And you can say, look, they're a little bit shaky yeah. when they come back out. Omar Beckles had the ball in the back of the net in the 51st minute after a Tom Jones free kick. Uh, he snuck round the back post and Wildsmith misjudged the ball. Unfortunately, the linesman's flag was correctly up for offside for that one. Yeah, I mean, I've only seen it from the one angle. Looked slightly onto me, but obviously Matt said he looked off. Uh, wasn't given. Great finish, though, from Beckles. Unlucky, mm. but I mean, if that own goal against Portsmouth is still, I think, of unbelievable tech as though he's finished <laughs> yeah. that. So he's got a finish in him. All right, 53rd minute, second O sub as Joe Piggott came off to be replaced by Darren, Darren Prattley. 61 minutes on the clock now. Double substitution. Theo Archibald was replaced by Dan Aggie. Ruel Sotiriou was replaced by Shaq Ford. A bit of a head-scratcher for me why Theo was taken off as he was our only kind of real driving outlet and his recovery at one point to chase back and win possession back uh, for us because they were on the attack was absolutely outstanding. For me, I'd, I'd, I'd always keep Theo on. Aggie... And Theo, I think, would be fantastic in the same squad together. That's very ex- dangerous. That's an exciting combo. I'm sure we'll see those. I hope so. Play. I don't understand why Theo was was taken off. To be perfectly honest with you, I, I would have probably taken um, either maybe Jordan or, or Idris off, or, or or maybe Joe Piggott off. Probably a question we should have asked uh, the first team coach when we had him on this very podcast about Missed half an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on to uh, the seventieth minute, and Salbury made a very good, solid save with his feet after Mendes Lang. Intercepted a pass from Jordan Braff, mm. drove forward, got around the back of Happy without any O's pressure on him, had a shot, but sold down well to make it safe. Good save there from Sol. Indeed it was. 78 minutes on the clock now. Derby made it 3-0. Game set and match really. And it all started from an O's short corner as they won the ball from the first pass. So Tom James sold whoever it was short. Mendes Lang was away. Two of them counter-attacking. Not a single Orient player was kept back. No, gone. Bearing in mind we were a man short as it is. And he's got into the box, He squared it to Tom Barkhausen and he's tucked away the chance. He will not get an easier goal than that in his whole life in a game like that because that was absolutely dreadful from us. To not have a man back, to not even have someone that can, can counter and cover that. See, that would have been Theo Archibald for me that would have been made that recovery run. I don't he's think the one anyone, that anyone, would the anyone would have caught him. Anyone would have caught him. Don't know. Who was up on the pitch? No one did. And, and unfortunately, you could see Sol, Solbrin was just there on his own is just going to have to deal with it. Oh, nothing Brink could do. I mean, that's just that's just got a travesty written shower of written unpleasantness all, <laughs> written all over it. So very very poor goal to concede. That was game set and match. Obviously, that sent quite a lot of people heading for it the X's at that point. In the 80th minute, Dan Aggie almost pulled back a consolation with his first O's goal. 
he had a good run uh, into the box on the right from a quite a tight angle. He made space for himself. He had an effort, hit the post, then ricocheted off Wildsmith before going out for a corner. He was unlucky there. That was a good little move there from Dan Aji. Yeah, it really was. Uh, another break followed from our corner as Mendes Lang drove forward on the left. And uh, with Derby players queuing up, it was Tyrese John Jules who had the chance, but a great save from Sol Brin denied him from close range. I mean, that was. If you don't learn from your first mistake, why learn from, why learn from the yeah, second, right? Absolutely. I mean, that was that was a great save. Though. What I will say, it's a great save from um, Salbury. does really well to make the save. And well done to Rob Hunt for getting back to clear the ball because it was behind Brim when he made the save. He was, and he cleared it well. He did. Four minutes of added time were played on this one. Nothing else to report. The referee brought the match to an end with the O's falling to a heavy 3-0 defeat at the hand of Derby County. So Matt Harold done the post-match interview uh, with Dave Victor. Obviously, we've had Matt Harold on the podcast, so we're not going to play his interview, but thank you to Dave for sending that over. And again, I thought Matt gave a really good account mm. of himself um, it was a good interview. in that post-match interview. Very honest again. Yeah, always, always. So, the league table, uh, that means that we stay in 16th place. Thankfully, we've now played 20 games, won five, drawn seven, lost eight. We've now accumulated 22 points with a really hefty goal difference of minus nine at the moment, Although, that's still not as bad as teams around us. So, obviously, minus six is better than minus nine. But compared to teams uh, around us, you've got Wickham below, uh, one place above us at minus five. But you look around us, Port Vale minus 12. Cambridge minus 11, Burton minus 12, Exeter minus 18, and it gets progressively worse from there. So not as bad for the teams around us who you might think, all right, better than Day. So, 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 but Shrewsbury in 11th, they've only scored 13 goals all season. They've got a minus 14 goal difference, but they're on 27 points in 11th. Crazy. It's funny, isn't it? Funny old game. All right. My view is John Day. Yeah, Let's do I mean, it. It was, first half was good football. I think we can all agree on that. I think yeah. we played some good stuff. We paid the price, as we've said earlier, for not being clinical enough. We created some good opportunities, some good moments. There was some good football that we saw. And I thought, oh, hello. We've turned up today. We're playing some good yeah. stuff. It's, it's a pleasure to watch. And, you know, you think with the... Uh, a couple of the good opportunities like the Theo one for example like we're getting into we're creating them we're just not finishing them so if we won't get creating them in the first place that's an even bigger concern a much bigger concern that goes far deeper than just us being a little bit crap in front of goal but what on earth was Cooper thinking and, and as you said earlier his levels have dropped a lot he's not the same player who joined us in August um, I totally agree with you. I don't know what's happened there. There seems to be a whole level that's dropped amongst the squad. Like Matt said, that's probably a confidence issue uh, that they're working on and, and, and dealing with. Um, it was always going to be harder with 10 men, but the two goals they scored, even the counter-attack from, from our own set-piece was, I thought, quite shameful. Uh, and our failure to deliver a ball that finds an orange shirt at set-pieces, I think that also needs highlighting. I think Matt, Matt may have touched on that. Well, I, mean, I, th- I think the good thing from having Matt on is... They see what we see, right? So we're, they know what the problems are. They just need fixing. And I don't think it's simple as going, we'll just have an extra training session. There's obviously stuff they need to be working on, routines they need to get going. But it's good that everything that was relayed back earlier in the interview, like Matt was more than aware of, and he's not sitting there going, well, actually, I think the set pieces are decent, or they're not kidding themselves into a fake, fake sense of security. They know what the issues are, mm. and hopefully we'll work on them. And so the question is, is why aren't they being addressed then? Yeah. Or, or how are they being addressed and why has it not worked that that would be the biggest thing for me because our set pieces we seem to be getting a lot of them in one game we had like 11 or 12 yeah. uh, corners, corners and didn't make anything of any of them um, it, it, it's not it's not great it doesn't make great watching as a, as a paying fan um, 
Yeah, so uh, our failure to deliver a ball, um, yeah, uh, for, yeah, just the set piece thing is just frustrating everybody. And I just, why are we in such a slump? Like, how, how did we get into it in the first place? How have we gone from, you know, uh, you know, getting an FA Cup run to, to you know, just just really dropping our levels and dropping our standards for, from what it seems. But like Matt's, Matt's probably answered it. But but more importantly, how do we get out of it now? Yeah. How do we turn this around? Good to see Omar Beckles back. I thought he did well when he mm. came on. Um, wasn't. Um, uh, you know, dealt with everything rather comfortably and I, as I say I thought Moncur, Prattley and Hunt all did well for me yep, uh, yesterday lots of fans are turning now I think they're turning on the players I think they're turning on some of the staff as well like like Matt said someone came and had words with Richie uh, during the game um, but these are the guys that have got us to where we are now and it's just got a little bit nasty and I don't think it's right that people do that I'm frustrated, I'm irritated by it all, but you know, people don't set themselves up to be crap. They don't set themselves up to suddenly go from being all right to, to being rubbish. Um, so from that point of view, um, I think we need to be supportive and, and stick with them for a bit longer. And I've heard talk of, you know, if this doesn't change in a game or two, then Richie needs to go. But, you know, yeah, all right, Burton sacked their manager, Cambridge sacked their manager and... and, and Grimsby have changed theirs and one or two others and that's all well and good it's not always mostly it's about results but there are other things that, that, that happen and I don't necessarily agree with just keep changing the manager I think to build something longer term you need to keep people in place uh, maybe, and that's not being happy clappy about it but you, you've got to be really careful what you wish for you really have um, some people have got very short memories we've got to where we've got to with who we've got um, so yeah, I think that's it. You know, I, I know Steve. Yeah, we've come up with three other teams. Stevenage are obviously up in third, doing very well. And people will look at Stevenage and go, "Well, they're a smaller club compared to us, probably with a smaller budget. Why are they there and us here and us having these sorts of conversations?" That's, when, that's, when when, that's the way football works, though. That's that's the that's the necessity of football. For I I do see the Stevenage comparisons quite a lot, and I just think it's like apples and pears because different budgets, different players. We went for players X, Y, Z. They went for players A, B, C. Yeah, but then the argument is, is why aren't we getting as good, if not better players, if we've got a well, bigger budget? Well, we've gone for better players on paper. When, yeah. when we signed... So, hmm. Dan Adjie will be on... I guarantee you Adjie's on more than the highest earning Stevenage player. I guarantee it. Maybe double what some of their summer signings are. It's all about how you use your money. Stevenage were a great example of how... To, do a low budget with top end returns because they're third or you can argue the other way that's more of a scouting signing issue than a asset piece coach is, is rubbish issue people are getting quite confused by saying Richie's not been backed Richie has been backed his signings haven't worked out we signed eight or nine players in the summer I had this conversation this morning on a different WhatsApp group people saying Richie's not been backed Richie has been backed he brought in two attackers he brought in Dan Aji and Joe Piggott in the summer in place of Charlie Kelman who went back on loan and in place of Paul Smith. He was back with forwards. Now, adjie has been out. That's unlucky. You can't, you can't say anything other than that. Piggott hasn't worked out so far. Richie was still backed. Shaq Ford come in, who's done all right. That's free, that's free attacking ends. So when people go, oh, Richie's been let down because the forward he craves hasn't arrived. He signed Joe Piggott. Joe Piggott, I said this again, I'm not going to repeat myself, will be on decent money for a League One football club. He was released from Ipswich, or broke his contract with Ipswich, where he would have got a payoff fee to come here, where he will be one of the top five earners, is my perception of it, based on his historical 
clubs that he's played for. He won't be on cheap money. Joe Pickett's probably on more money than Reed and the two other guys at Stevenage up top. Pige, uh. I, I guarantee yeah. he's on more than Piagiani for certain who joined him from Oldham where he would have been on a pittance of a wage. And he's probably not on anywhere near the highest one of the I owe my Beckles to be on more money than Piagiani. For certain. It's not even a debate. Anyone who thinks Piagiani's on more money than Beckles is insane. It's just the way Stevenage have used their money. Better. But that's the game of football. That's the game of football you play. It's not to say in two years Galbraith isn't going to be better than one of the Stevenage midfielders now. But again, it's a waiting game. We're signing, we've gone for younger players and more of them. Stevenage have gone for a different type of player and are getting better returns. That's just the way it, that's just the way it works. But anyone who says Richie hasn't been backed, I think, is, for me anyway, I clearly clearly disagree with. But I think we've gone a bit off a bit off topic. But I think that has been one where everyone's going, look at Stevenage, they're third. Yeah, they're third. They made, they've made some good signings. At that time, had we signed anyone who they'd signed in the summer, we'd be going, who? They didn't make any signings where you raise an eyebrow and thought, well, that's a good signing. They did when they signed Pierre Gianni and they signed the other centre-back from um, Forest Green Rovers. Yeah. That made me raise my eyebrows for League Two. They didn't, they didn't sign anyone in League One. I thought, well, that's amazing. So they signed Danny Rose, a forward who was released from Northampton. If, we, if we'd signed him, we'd be like, oh, he's all right. He's been around the block a few times. Who cares? A bit like Jay Piggott, to be fair. But they haven't signed anyone. You think, how on earth have they signed him? They've just come together really well and whatever they've done has worked for them. But, you know, I disagree with anyone who says Rishi's not been back to get back to Stevenage point. But for me yesterday, I think it really was one of those days. I think if Archibald scores, like we say, it's a completely different outlook of the game. I think we played all right at all the descending off but at the same time you've got to remember this is Derby County one of the best teams in the league with probably the highest budget in League One so their players should be should be better than ours that's what we expect and it's just those little moments that aren't going for us that have been mentioned before like I said if Theo scores out in the fourth minute it's different if Brin saves the early second half goal who knows what might have happened and two of their three players who scored goals just say scoring their first of the season just typical way the luck's going Cooper you're a silly lad mate I think you'll be lucky to get back in that team but there's some defeats I can't accept like last week when we were sitting after Chesterfield you're going we didn't really test their keeper it was rubbish we missed out on a massive payday to Watford I was more mad about that one than yesterday mm. yesterday I go right Derby we played right we should have gone one up we had chances once we went down to 10 men it's 11 against 10 and they've just taken their chances really well yes the third goal was rubbish but by that point it's 2-0 it was done anyway I'd rather that happens when we're 2-0 down and when we're 1-0 up in the last minute away so one of three points becomes one. That, that, that just is what it is. So, yeah, I think though, I think it is time for the squad to man up. I think that I think players now have to step up and raise their game because I think it's clear that in January, if they don't, then there will be a turn in kind of some players. So, interesting to see. I think lastly, I think we have to thank the Rainbows for their hospitality. It was a Rainbow Laces Day. We got invited to partake in their uh, activities at halftime on the pitch. So we got to take uh, the penalties. I scored my penalty. Mm-hmm. Paul was disappointed with his penalty. Straight down the middle, even though I chose a corner. <laughs> so I like that. Thank you for the two videos that were sent uh, today. I'm so glad people caught that. Uh, and thank you to the Rainbows for doing all the work they do Agree. with the yeah. club. Great work, Keep great, great to work. to see you getting the kudos you deserve. Yeah, so for me yesterday... 3-0, it's rubbish, don't get me wrong, but I could take this one a lot more than what I could take last Sunday. Yeah, and, I agree. And hearing Matt Harold speak and bumping in to one of the Orient staff last night on the train home and to get in their version of it makes me feel a bit better than 
what I guess some people might be feeling at this point. So hopefully this podcast has given people a bit more closure around that. So those were our views, as you'd expect. It was going off at an outlet podcast hours last night with the full-time whistle win. Just because we read these doesn't mean we agree with the Sunshine LFC. Sent quite a few tweets to us, but made some great points. First up, said, as bad as a performance from Leo's as I have seen in a while, part on many levels. But having said that, the sending off never was to my mind. I'm pretty sure Joey's feel different now that he's seen it, which changed the game. The reset button needs pressing and questions need asking on a number of levels. It's a shame as we were decent in September and October. We have the nucleus of a decent squad but need more spark, flair and the rub of the green. And then Joe went on to ask him about Darren Mann. And hopefully we've got a few of those questions answered in terms of why was he added, who suggested him, who recommended him, who asked for him, what brought back the necessity for the additional role. I've nothing against him. I'm just curious to the addition. So I hope you've got a bit more content there questions, yeah. around uh, Daryl. The Untold Game tweeted us and said, how have we got four, four Derby players beating every single O's player into our box from our own corner, apart from El Miz, who had a 15-yard head start immediately after conceding from the exact same situation? It's an utter disgrace. Yeah, so very uh, not happy <coughs> tweet me. there. Boats, he said, not a great performance with that third goal coming from our own set piece being the worst goal we've conceded this season. Richie has a heck of a lot of work to do, but anyone calling for him to be sacked needs to have a look at what our objectives were for this season. I must come with it. You obviously spoke about Richie. I think my thoughts on Richie, I think would be absolutely insane to get rid of Richie at this moment. Yeah, be absolute. Anyone who wants Richie out, I'd love to hear, and I, and, you know, I always encourage opinions. I'm sure there are people sitting there going, I disagree I want Wellens out. If Wellens was to be sacked right tomorrow, and who? I'm not going to have a discussion because I'm not Wellens out. Who would you bring in, right? Who conceivably, who would you get in to manage the ship of Orient? I can't think of anyone who I'd rather have in charge at the moment. No, it's a, it, it's a bit of an, a nonsense question. Who would who and and, and who would come to Orient? Right? I saw someone yeah. mention Neil Warnock. Neil Warnock would which wouldn't come to Orient like. He was Jose at Huddersfield. M- He's based up north. Yeah, Jose Mourinho's. Is he free yet? Is he back from Roma? Give him a bell. Yeah, I mean, really interesting. If anyone thinks you know, there's Grand a manager Hunter. out there who could do could do a could do a job or it. He's looking for a new gig, isn't he? Um, that's yeah, Neil Harris. Interestingly, got named Cambridge manager on Friday. Oh, did he? He did. Drew two all yesterday. Oh, fair play. So he's not on the market anymore before anyone throws that one up. Super Orient 1952 said, time to get rid of the dead wood that are not up to League One, playing in League One, and bring in quality players that are capable of playing in League One and above that are not sick notes and have played regular first-team football. New, ha- new uh, Twitter handle to me, so welcome to the podcast. Ward underscore seven said, if nothing is done to arrest this slide, we are going down. Players don't look interested, and that is a really bad sign. I think Wellness has got Warnock syndrome. Guess teams promoted but struggles to push them on. Same as Donny and Swindon. Very reminiscent of Jacket. Dan Orton, 2590, said, all very predictable. Feels like the beginning of the end for a few people at the club. Make no mistake about this season, it's a nailed-on relegation battle and it's looking like survival would be as big an achievement as winning League 2 last year. We look gone for all money. I think that means we look gone for all money. money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Carlos um, East 18 again another new Twitter handle on me so the first half hour we matched Derby but then boy the wheels fell off Cooper sending off conceding straight after the restart and then gifting them the third we, we don't need fans berating Richie however 
good comment. Yeah, D John's nineteen eighty eight said one win in eleven. We are relegation fodder. That was a team that had no passion or desire. They weren't playing for the club, the fans, nor the manager. It's going to be a seriously hard second half to the season. I disagree with that because the first half performance up until Brandon got sent off was good enough. 11 against 10, when you're playing a quality side like Derby, it wasn't Difficult. ever going to be a, a walk in the park. Yeah, fair play. John W999, skipped it short and sweet. So I see we've reached the everything is Martin Link's fourth stage of the meltdown. Has been, always. <laughs> Mark... Pry five nine eight two zero eight seven seven said seven seven said he was disappointed. Should have got the tackling for the first goal. Clear red killed the game. Awful third goal. Didn't see Richie talking uh, to McMahon once, and the idiot shouting at Harold should get banned. Derby had a highlighter pen in goal. Alluded oh, yeah, to that did. bright yellow uh, goal. Good banter from their keeper, by the way. Yeah, he took it well. Didn't he see his dad in the first He gave half. it back as well, but I didn't hear what he said, but he did give it back. Yeah, but in a nice way, like in a laughy, joking yeah. way, as opposed to a bit of a idiot Nob, way. Yeah. yeah, or it meat pie. So I don't know about you, but I can't wait to hear about new sponsorships and overpriced tats from the club shop and the club's communications next week. <laughs> I think that might have set Paul off. I'll do the next one. Matty, no, you right? Matty, Evans. <laughs> Uh, disappointing but being <laughs> honest I never thought we would get anything before the game Derby are a different gravy in this league budget and squad seeing calls for Richie to go uh, for more than a hand, for more than a handful for me who we get who's better we have to soul search in time for Saturday absolutely T Mac returns and the excuses are running thin now really we will be relegated this season if we don't see change I respect what Richie did for us last season but it's not working I understand people might not like that view but I see nothing to tell me the current vibes will change soon. Similar vibe here going on with Gary Talbot Sevens tweet. You said there will be a lot of Wellens can't cut it in League One moans, but the players have been dire in recent games at both ends of the pitch. If you score first against us, you have a great chance of three points. A lack of playing for the shirt is definitely creeping in. Good shout. Daniel underscore D44. So it was always going to be tough, but we made it too easy for them. <laughs> Happy should have closed down quicker for the first, and the third was beyond shambolic. Our last defender was in their box. The red looked harsh, but if he did elbow him, no excuse. Need some good players in January. Apostolos Andre 9 said, We deserve nothing from the game. We were in the game with 11 men and then fell apart on the sending off. Our threat up front was non-existent. The midfield pairing of Idris and Brown, whilst both good defensive players, is not creative. That is a great shell. Just Yeah, and that's where you said about bringing Galbraith. in Galbraith for one of them two. So who do you drop then, Brown or Idris? Well, depend, I'm, I'm for, not, for Galbraith. I'm not, I'm not shouting for Galbraith to come in at the moment. No, I but think. if you were, who would you drop? Uh, based on current form, probably Eddie. Probably based on, but I think Idris is too good not to not to have it. Can have a moment, can't he? He can it's like, get yeah. a tackle. He won a few good tackles yesterday. Yeah, I think I think both Brown and Idris are good players, but they're not going to get you double fit. Well, I think Brown scored one goal this season. I know Idris hasn't scored any because they asked me about it at BBC Derby, saying Idris hasn't scored. I think I think Idris has had like twenty two shots on goal this season. Hasn't scored. At all, I think Tom James hasn't scored this season, and he's had quite a few shots mm. on goal. I mean, the problem is clearly shots on goal. But yeah, I mean, if you play, if you're gonna play four two three one, that two who sit back in midfield will hopefully get you a few goals. But as I say, Brown's got you one. Idy hasn't scored. We're in what early to mid December now. From a midfield perspective, we're just not scoring enough. But that's all over the pitch, right? Last season, I think someone alluded to. It. I don't know if there's a tweet coming up later. Everyone was scoring last season. Beckles mm. was chiming in with a few vital ones. James scored yeah. about five or six worldies. 
Moncur was getting the odd one here and there, plus all of his penalties as well. Yeah. You had Smith doing well. Like this season, they're not coming from anywhere. So two, I think, is a top one with six or seven. But yeah. like Matt said, we said should should be on twelve. Yeah, it should be Pigger, quite comfortably. I think Pigger from open play. So take away, I think it's two penalties. I think Pigger's only scored once in open play, right. which was the good volley against Exeter. Yeah, and now if you made Charlton's on nineteen. Yeah, but a lot of those are dead ball. Not all of them, but. But again, Alpha but May, also, you Alpha, again, Alpha Mabel and crazy money. I know, so it's a different kettle of fish. But um, to your point, we were talking about, you're talking about scoring from set pieces, which we're not doing. Because the set pieces, in most cases, are not beating the first man. And that's the problem. It's yeah. not reaching. You've got everybody in the box. It's not being put in the danger zone well enough. Yeah, absolutely. MS Orient. Uh, so disappointing on all levels. Everything seems to be disjointed from the coaching staff to the players not performing. Many people seem out of their depth, playing on a win with zero confidence. The sending off, complete disgrace. Sham, bollock. So Mark, not happy with that one. Yeah, good to see you yesterday, Mark. Uh, Orion underscore Ed said, what really annoys me is that we played quite well for the first 35 minutes, but then the same old errors cost us. Even though Cooper's red card was, ro- was wrong. Bear in mind that these are straight after the game, yeah, so before course. people have seen the actual art, yeah. How we left their player so open for their first is bad, but their third, coming from our own short corner, was disgusting. Yeah, Orient Fancy of East, it seems we're miles away from competing against top teams in the league. These teams have seasonally won championship players in their squads compared to ours, but where we finish this season will depend on picking up points against teams around us, but I think we'll be okay. That's a good point. Good tweet. Against Derby County, you go, right, lose, probably expect to lose. Next Saturday, the games against Cheltenham Town, against Burton Albion, against Shrewsbury's, they're the ones you need to win to get something out yeah. of. So, yeah, fair play. Good tweet, Luke. Good tweet coming up from Tom Davis, E17. Good to see you yesterday as well. We really miss Figs' distribution. As a result, we haven't played out through the defence as much and going more direct reduces the chances that defenders and midfielders to score goals. Think of the key goals that James Beckles, Moncur and El Miz got last season. They've all dried up now. Great point there. I mean, Bridges' distribution yesterday was a bit flappy at times. I think that was his worst that I've seen. Uh, so, yeah. Kicking Vince. out without under any, with no pressure on him at all. Just not good enough. Yeah, great point there from Tom. Doyle underscore Hooper. So we were in it for the first 30, but a soft goal and a sudden enough killed us. Looks like we lack experience all over the pitch and the first 11 feels weaker than last season. That's a good point. I think we've mentioned that before. It does feel slightly weaker than last season. Despite all of that, the fellow that gave it to Wellens is a disgrace. We do not need fans like that. Agree. Conway underscore Nigel said 10 or 11 makes no difference. We just don't ever look threatening. Whoever thought Piggott was going to score us goals this season needs dealing with. <laughs> Must be up there as one of our worst ever strikers. Yeah, Charlie underscore Paul. So what worries me is the amount of times the players look over to the bench looking completely confused and lost. Are we overthinking and overcomplicating everything? Or are the players not good enough but the run of tough games to come? Next week is pretty much a must-win. Yeah, good to see you as well, Charlie. Did Vince... you see everyone last week? I didn't see any of these people. I went in the club shop before the game. All right, okay. yeah. <laughs> Vince Howard, 73, said performance wasn't as bad as people are making out. Gave as good as we got in the first half, but thanks to Cooper's stupidity and James's inability to kick a dead ball or mark <laughs> people, it turned a dogged performance into a convincing defeat. Tom James was played out quite a few times. They played the ball behind him. And he seemed to be something... So it seemed to me that that's some, someone that they targeted. That's highlighted, yeah. Good or maybe point. it's just because Mendes Lang was on that left side. That he strong player. Yeah. Strong player. Trousers Techno said last week outplayed by a National League team. This week outplayed by a good League One side. Three should have been six. Now whilst their play was fluid and fast, ours was slow and staccato. Something is wrong and we need to change things up. Fail to improve the standards and results, then there's only one destination. 
Bogs Dollocks One said, still 100% behind Richie. We've hit a rough patch and we will turn it around. We do, however, need to start creating chances. We seem to have forgotten how to tackle properly, win any second ball, as well as pass to each other. Some of the passing yesterday was poor. Yeah. And that's not just yesterday. That's been prevalent in plenty of, of games. Yeah, yeah poor Red Run with the penultimate tweet on this one. Said, how can anyone <coughs> want Richie out is beyond me. Yes, we're struggling a bit, but it was never going to be easy. Getting a couple of quality players in January and we'll be fine. Preferably a striker. Patrick G321 has the final word on this. Says, trying to stay positive. We matched them in the first half. No chance once we went a man down against a team as strong as Derby. But the players were still putting in effort. And if Beckles' goal had been allowed, who knows? Fans need to say, stay behind Wellens and the lads. So so many, many great points made. Loads of great tweets sent in to us. Those are all tweets that come into us on Outlook podcast. And if you agree or disagree, you can let us know. You can tweet us or an Outlook. You can email us or an Outlook at Outlook.com. If you're on Instagram, you can get in contact with us there or an underscore Outlook underscore podcast. Or if you're on Facebook, you can message us on Orient Outlook Podcast. Indeed you can. So let's move on then to wrap this up. Prediction League update. Well done to Theo, the Wyvern, D. Groden, Les LK52, Ewan Carter25, Record Blue App, Strop underscore O, Doe Lewis, Nino underscore Barone, uh, who all correctly predicted, unfortunately, that we would lose 3-0. Kudos to you uh, for predicting that. That means the top of the Prediction League is as follows. Yeah, so all a bit tight. 16 points. We've got Dave Brew, 47976911, and Rio underscore Orient at the top. They're followed in 15 points, in second place by Eastside Orient and LFC Teresa. Paul R. Gregory is on 14 points, and behind him on 13 points with Charlie underscore Paul, Doe Lewis, and the Authentic Gaz. The full table can be found on our Facebook page, as always. Thanks to everyone for their predictions. So that wraps up Derby County and uh, what that was all about. So Sunday the 10th of December, today as we record this, the ladies weren't in action as their fixture against Headstone Manor was postponed, unfortunately due to an unplayable pitch. So we'll skip on to the fantasy football update. We have our own fantasy football at the Orient Outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League. Who's top this week? We certainly do, although the table hasn't updated uh, since the uh, yesterday at 22.33, so today's results haven't come through yet. Brendan Pitcher, top just on 988 points, at, uh, seven points ahead of Chad Michael. I am in 312th place, but I can guarantee you I will be much higher up because I had a bit of luck with Son, who was my vice-captain in place of Harland, and Son had a blinder today, yeah. so I will be working my way up the table. Down the bottom, I think, unfortunately, Karen Harrison still finds herself right down the bottom on 630 points. So, Karen, sort yourself out. Get yourself up there. Same to you, Paul Baker. Same to you, Johnny Mack. Um, but, yeah, thanks for playing with us on Fantasy Football. Go and have a look and see where you are, although the table is still yet to update. So, let's do it. One hour, 29, 23 seconds. Bring this to an end with our positives and negatives. Sadly, only one positive we can find this week, and it was the Rainbows Day. So, which is a good positive, a very good positive, Great positive to have, but just we couldn't think of anything more positive uh, no, to add to I, that. I mean, if uh, you want to be really happy, Clappy, go Dan Agi, another game for him, finding his way back to full fitness. Omar Beckles. Omar Beckles as well. Brilliant. That's well it. done. <laughs> so let's move on to the heavy uh, weighing negatives. So we're on an eight-game winless streak in League One. They're not all losses, but they're not all wins. Uh, um, not, not all wins it's, it's not all great either. Brandon Cooper, negative, his elbow, and now banned for the next three games. Let me ask you a question. Providing it's four at the back still. Yeah. Who do you play at the back on Saturday? Beckles, Longside, Happy. Yeah. Turns on the bench. If turns is available. Yeah. Adam Thompson? Um, He's not played any matches. He needs needs to get... I think he probably needs to go out on loan. 
and get some game time. I'm a big fan of Adam Thompson because I think from an ability perspective he's there, but I don't think he's fit enough to go in and do that. So I think you go with Omar Beckles. All right, like it, good show. But I do like Adam Thompson. Do I think he'll be here next season? No, I don't. Fair play. Even maybe loaned out for the second half of next season yeah, to see yeah. if he can get himself a contract somewhere, unfortunately, because he's a lovely guy and I genuinely think he's a good centre-back. Yeah, okay. Disappointed All right. it's not worked out better for him. That's two negatives so far. I'll do the third one in. Goal difference took a hammer in yesterday, so really we from did. minus six to minus nine. Yeah. Let you do the fourth one. Fans turning on the players and the staff. It's all frustrating. It's very frustrating. I get that. I get that. We turn up, watch 90 minutes of football. We don't see what happens in training. We don't know how great these lads are. We don't un- know what the camaraderie and the morale is and how good it is at the training ground. Everyone laughing and joking and probably being a bit social with each other, which is all great. And we can only judge on 90 minutes that we see on a Saturday afternoon and those that travel to the Tuesday night games. Yeah, and the last positive we got is what in the world is happening with Dale McMahon? Mm. Rumours he's gone. Again, spoke to Matt Howard, asked him the question. He think he gave us an honest answer with that one. Again, we get a lot of inbox messages to the podcast, a lot saying Daryl is gone. Obviously, we can only know what we know, as far as we know. Still at the club, no official announcement. So that's it. All right, Hero yeah. of the Week. Yeah, we're going to do this. So, without further ado, it's everyone at the Rainbow. Yeah, well done, everyone well done at the Rainbow. Great work. And thanks again for having us. So next week's fixture, the only the one fixture coming up, we travel up to or across to Cheltenham on Saturday the 16th of December. They're currently bottom of League One in 24th place after a one-all draw away at Bristol Rovers yesterday. Their last five games have seen them draw, win two, draw two and lose one. I guess, is this the first real must-win game of the season for us? I think if we lose, there will be... A quote unquote meltdown. Yeah. I think it Bigger which than might what be done. What yeah. I will say is though, even though Cheltenham are bottom, they didn't score a goal in their first ten games of the season. They didn't score for like nine hundred minutes. Yeah. So take into account that we now play twenty games. They're not that far away from the chase and pack. So they sacked yeah. their manager, they bought in Daryl Clark, uh, who got sacked at Port Vale last season, who seems to be doing a good job there. So they've gone from losing pretty much every game they played. So like I said, last five, went two, drawn two, lost one. So going into this, they're actually on better form than what we are. Their points return from the last five is better than our points return from the last five. They've just beaten they've just beaten Oxford as well, too. So you'll, so you look at Yeah. You'll look at the, the league table and go, we should win that because they're bottom. However, going into the form game Don't work like that. Darrell Clark will be saying to them, look at the form table, we should be beating them and they'll they'll be confident. Game for game, result. we've drawn two and lost three of our last five. They've won two. So they're going into this battle. This is going to be a difficult game. Anyone thinking we're going to go and turn them over easily, we would have done had we been playing this fixture in August or September. They're a different team now. This is going to be a hell of a tough game, but I think it's a game, yeah, must win. Yeah, clinical game, six points out. We will see what happens. We'll be giving you your reaction as it happens via tweet, which we normally do with goal tweets. And obviously, if you go to the game, Pre-post-match. Anything you want to tell us, safe journey, and send us a tweet on your way. So, sponsorship reminder, don't forget to get in touch with John and their fantastic team of experienced Ferraris at Carol Angley. Give them a call on 0208 529 4130. Or you can get in contact with the team at social media at Carol Angley 4 or at Essex Biz on Twitter. Also on Instagram at Carol Angley Florist. Or you can find them at Facebook, 
at Carol Anthony Florists. You can indeed. So that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for, from what's been quite a long episode yes. this week. But Matt Harrell for 40, 45 minutes was absolutely superb. Yes. Thanks for joining us for episode 339. We knew that Derby at home was going to be a tough fixture. It was another disappointing result as 10 men late in Orient slumped to a 3-0 defeat with our high-flying opponents, uh, to our high-flying opponents to leave the team winless in our last eight league games. Ahead of a tough visit as we've just mentioned, to Cheltenham next week, in which we look forward to hopefully talking about our first win in next week's Orient Outlook podcast, which I think, if I'm not mistaken, is our it final is. one of 2023. It is, it certainly is. So if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. You can give the podcast a five-star rating. Or if you're listening on Spotify, don't forget you can rate the show, which you can do, or you can even leave a comment on each singular episode. So we give you a shout out if you do so. Yeah. So please do that if you get the chance. Don't forget, you can follow us and us to any on your favourite podcast platform. So if you don't see anyone on those, why not try another one? And that way you get all the podcasts as soon as they are available. And again, as well as all podcast platforms, you can find us on all smart speakers, you can find us on the Fan Hub app, you can find our episodes on YouTube as well. So we can be found in any places. So listen to the podcast has never been easier and as we always say every week if you have an older relative a loved one or an Orient chummy you think will like the podcast grab their phone download it for them pass the pod give them the gift of the Orient Outlook podcast for Hanukkah or Christmas it's free it's absolutely free so you don't spend any money on it and you're giving them the glory of an Orient podcast every week absolutely who wants nothing more but do- doom and gloom <laughs> listen to <laughs> us thanks Matt Harold for joining us this week thanks to George and Tom at the club for getting that set up for us we really appreciate that we'll be back next week as I said earlier it's going to be the final one for us of 2023 it's episode 340 and we'll have all the information all the news and views that you need and we look forward to hearing from you during the week and as always please stay calm stay safe have a great week and keep listening to us here at the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. Turn